0: A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive through Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Drew Johnson is an independent dairy consultant who works with farms mostly on the western side of the state. With feed ingredient prices climbing, he's helping farmers evaluate what swaps they can make in their cows' diets. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Drew, farmers are rightfully getting pretty concerned about feed prices. Worrying is only going to get us so far, so what are you seeing farmers do to make changes?
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, So one of the things that we're doing, certainly we're looking at ways that we can increase the amount of haylage that's in the diet. This area, we've had a bit of a bumper crop of haylage, but the quality has been there too. A lot of the stuff that we were testing when it was going into the bunkers ended up testing, you know, 160, 170, something like that. So I think we're sitting on some quality feed. So we'll probably be looking at uh, increasing the inclusion rates of of haylage because we've got not just the quantity, but we've got the quality to go along with it. So that's certainly one thing I think. We're going to be looking at doing another thing. Like the, the milk market has kind of changed over the last several months. Whereas in May, the the, the milk protein price was fairly high; it was nearly three dollars and ninety cents a pound. Now, this last month, they just announced August prices uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was down to two dollars and fifteen cents a pound. Whereas the the price for butterfat has actually increased; it's the highest that it's been all year. So, so, we're taking a look in some diets on where we can, where do we, where are we going to get get the best return for the money that we do have to spend. And, and, and increasing milk protein, the methionine products that we feed, there's, they're fairly expensive. They do work, but with the price of uh, protein coming down, probably not. We're definitely not getting the return that we were. So, if we can, maybe we need to start to look at using some different feed additives to to, to help boost the. Uh, butterfat if we need to, or just trying to figure out where we're, how to make sure that we're spending our, our money wisely and getting the most return.
0: I know a few years ago, there was a fire at a plant and it caused vitamin prices to go up. Have they recovered at all since then?
1: Yeah, that was uh, the vitamin shortage. Uh, vitamin shortage. Fire. Yeah, BAS, the BASF plant, I believe it was. And there's been an increase in some of the vitamin prices too. I think vitamin E is, is higher than it used to be.
0: Literally everything you feed cows has gone up. Yeah. Except for yeah, hay. That's right. <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I was I was looking at uh, at some of the uh, pricing from this year compared to last year, and roughly like on a, on your bypass fats, you know, really rough numbers, but about five hundred dollars a ton more. Some of the animal protein byproduct feeds that we feed, they're up about six hundred dollars a ton. A lot of the vitamins and trace minerals are up in price. So, yeah, nearly everything is going up.
0: Calf grain is another cost that has about doubled. Some farms are switching younger animals to TMR to try to manage that cost. What are you seen farms do to help bring those costs down?
1: I, I have seen that. Um, I've also seen some farms where they, you know, so maybe if they want to continue to feed some calf grain, or the feeding calf grain along with the TMR, but one of the things that we're doing too is like, take maybe if they're getting enough effective fiber and the intakes are good enough on the TMR, what if we take the oats out of the of the mix, the price of oats? I haven't looked here recently, but but I know it was it was climbing when we were having some of these conversations, so what if we just take the oats out and then we can feed a little TMR, a little bit of hay uh, along with it, and, and that is that helps save some cost, too.
0: What are people doing to replace cottonseed? Because cottonseed is another commodity that's just gone through the roof.
1: Yeah, if you have the, the on-farm forage to be able to replace cottonseed, I've done that. I, I'm, I don't think there's a farm that I work with right now that is still feeding cottonseed. Cottonseed, what it can do is it, it's a good energy source, but it's on the, the fat side. Uh, it, it brings some fat to the table, and it brings protein. But what it doesn't do is bring a lot of digestible fiber uh, to the table so what uh, these diets that i've that i've done where we've taken out uh seed and put haylage in the diet if the farm has it um, we replace most of the fat but not all of it with a bypass fat and then protein if we need it depending on uh, the the quality and we've saved i don't know what it's been a little while cottonseed has been up for a bit but want to say 15 20 cents or something along those lines by by using what what the what the farm has for homegrown feed.
0: That's significant when you're looking 15 20 cents.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean if you look at the, like the nutrient profile of cotton seed, it's the the amount of indigestible fiber that's in cotton seed is uh, it's actually not that far off from straw. It just it behaves differently in the rumen because cotton seed doesn't Slow with a rate of passage like wheat straw does. But it's to that degree that you're just not getting a lot of digestible fiber out of the cottonseed. And, and that's why even with, even if it's an average quality haylage, I've had success uh, taking cottonseed out and, and adding haylage in and saving the farm some money.
0: When we're looking at some of these input swaps, are there some other unique swaps you've seen people pull in? You know, one
1: that we get questions on or talk about a lot is, is distillers, because distillers, is, it, it didn't have this massive increase uh, in price year over year like some of these other ingredients have. But you just have, I feel like I have to be really cautious in how much we use distillers because it, it can suppress butterfat and it can bring bring mycotoxins um, every time you send corn through an ethanol plant the mycotoxins come through like putting it three times more concentrated than what it what it went into the ethanol plant with so you have to be careful so maybe even a smaller inclusion of two to three pounds of distillers can help uh, help do that i live in an area where we don't have a lot of byproduct offering you know I talked to other nutritionists from around the state where they may have something from a cannery waste or something like that so i don't get as exposed to those kind of opportunities but they're out there um, you know sweet corn silage worked with that product in the past that's an excellent feed if you can get a hold of it uh, yeah so looking for some local opportunities where you can find some find some other byproducts be able to include that in the diet is a, is a really good bet too
0: about 10 years ago there was a big push to grow feed beets but I haven't heard much about that alternative crop lately. Are people growing beets for feed? Is that something that people are doing on your side of the state?
1: I don't have any exposure to feed beets but I know in in Minnesota we get into the, the beet growing area that wet beet pulp it, is a great feed. It's uh, r- a lot of really digestible fiber, brings some sugar. I had a former colleague of mine he said that he was able to take corn silage out of a diet and feed wet beet pulp to stretch it out and, uh, and, it, and it worked really well. I really trusted his opinion. So I haven't heard of it much. Like one thing that I, I do think we we don't do a lot here in the Midwest, but they do a lot more out in like the Northeast is uh, is using cereal grains in rations. There's like triticale, a wheat, and, and sometimes rye if it can get made right. It, if you feed the plant nitrogen, you'll have a reasonably good protein content, and the, it's fairly cheap. Feed to make too, especially the government is offering some subsidies to plant it as a cover crop. So I think we should take a look at that more and feeding feeding some of these uh, non-traditional, you know, getting away from corn silage and alfalfa a little bit, but just taking a look at what some of these cereal grain silages uh, can offer. They can some of the fiber digestibilities on these cereal grain silages can be right up there with BMR corn silage. If you get a lot of digestible fiber, hopefully that'll help your components and energy corrected milk and and do it. You know, cost effective
0: I've seen a lot of farmers that are using multi-species cover crops now and than you know chopping that for forage we've gone from cover crops people just wanting to get some sort of plant on on the field to now using you know multi-species to mm-hmm. make a good feed for their animals
1: yeah yeah and i think there's a, there's something there i don't i don't have a lot of experience with those types of products that it it's not so much in in western wisconsin but i i definitely think that there's something there and would like to investigate that further
0: thinking about next spring you know, we're we're harvesting what we planted this last spring. We're realizing that we've got hay coming out of our ears. There's probably some pretty good carryover on corn silage. Are there things that you think maybe farmers should consider putting in the ground?
1: Yeah. Well, certainly if you have the have the, the forage inventory, maybe it's a year to consider either, either planting more grain corn, something that you're, you're able to market so you can kind of lean into your inventory a little bit. Or even if you haven't done beans before, maybe that's an option for you to sell our hedge against the uh what you're what you're currently purchasing there's a few different ways that you can you can either just go and market your um, soybean meal and uh, and beans separately or there's some some companies will offer an exchange for say soybeans for exceller um, meal or soy plus or one of those types of, of ingredients so there's definitely some different options and and but also I know you know farmers are often afraid of a of a drought so they're not uh, they're not always uh, they make as much as they did the previous year just in case it gets dry that that has to be taken in consideration too
0: it is always hard to, you know, plant something different. But I think a lot of farmers in the area have been running on some surplus feed for a couple of years now and sure. got to get that turned over, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Are there some good tools that farmers can use to kind of look at pay price for fat and protein and milk pounds and really pencil down what they should be shooting for as far as a ration that makes a certain pay for them?
1: One of the things that I like to look at, there's a website, it's uh, milkpay.com. Um, And that's a really good website where it'll use the most recent federal milk marketing order prices for your zone. So say you wanted to make a ration change, and it's going to cost you 10 cents a day and uh, you expect these changes in the cows, you know, gain two pounds of milk and, uh, and lose or gain components. It'll give you, uh, what, you can punch those numbers into the calculator and it'll help you determine what uh, what your potential ROI is and it'll let you know what your energy corrected milk is too. Um, so it's, it's a very useful tool. I, I would highly suggest using that uh, when you're making some of these, these management decisions.
0: Do you still have anybody using regular brewer's grains? You talked about distillers a little bit but how about regular brewers? I
1: don't anymore we we had so over the last few years where we've increased our forage inventory on these farms um, brewers was one of those ingredients that we decided to 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 move out at least one of the challenges that we faced with brewers grain was the the inconsistent availability of brewers Um, especially if you're getting towards the towards the end of the year um, between Christmas and New Year's and these breweries are shutting down for a couple of weeks Um, and And
0: hunting week don't forget hunting week when they shut
1: down <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> we had the forage inventory. We wanted to keep a more consistent ration, but I'm not saying I'm, I'm against it. I, I think it's a good product. Dry cows, it could even be a reasonably good fit for those. So, so it depends on the diet and uh, and how fast you have to turn it over. It's it's a good product to use uh, where where, it's, where it fits.
0: So, of all of the farms you work with, your smart farmers are doing what right now?
1: The ones that I, I I'd say you asked the, the question you asked was right now, but I also take that back a little bit, maybe to the last couple of months. One client in particular is really aggressive in milk contracting, selling in the futures market, using ERP and BMC. And he has got a lot of milk locked in for the rest of the year, I believe in that $23 range uh, when, when we had it. And when he contracted his milk, he also did some feed inputs at the same time. So he's maybe sp- spending a little bit more like on corn. Corn was, was a little higher than when he contracted, but but he protected that margin in between. And that, I think that was the most important thing. And that farm, it, he set himself up for profitability for the rest the year. So even though you say his, his feed costs are going to be higher than others, his income is going is to be much higher and it's going to exceed that, that extra feed income. So we're still, my clients, I don't have anybody that's booked on new crops yet uh, as far as soybean meal or corn. I'm still hoping that we can get a bit of a reprieve in the market. And uh, I don't know, it didn't look too good on Monday, but it's been coming down here for the the rest of the week. Because so I think that's what they're doing now is uh, is waiting for some favorable prices. Most of them work with a with a really good commodity broker and just trying to take advantage when the when the market does
0: often. Hey, thanks, Drew. There are a lot of farmers out there really putting pencil to paper when it comes to these prices. Hopefully they won't keep climbing. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Matt i